I would like my job if I was an appointed press secretary as well. Okay, do you have to get voted into that or you nope. just get selected? That's appointed. Okay. You're so, serving at the pleasure of the president. So, okay, your shot with Obama's gone, obviously. Whoever comes after Biden, maybe you can get in there. Maybe I can be the press secretary? Oh, yeah. You just go up there and just, you have a neat looking folder and you start <laughs> talking about whatever you feel like on there. I've been watching the West Wing. Okay. And C.J. Craig is the name of that press secretary, played by Allison Janney. <laughs> I feel like Family Guy made fun of her a lot. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. she a make-fun-of-old person? She's got a character face, <laughs> but she is pretty. She's tall. I don't know. Is she the, is she the wife from uh, Independence Day? Is that Allison Janney? The wife. You mean, <clears throat> oh, the president's wife? Was it his or was it, uh, the hell's his name? I can never remember his name. Will the, Smith. The scientist guy. Oh, uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, his wife, and the red-haired lady. Was that Allison Janney? I can't remember. <sighs> I now. can't remember. I know the West Wing had been off the air forever, and now they have a new season this year, right? Uh, it's not a new season, isn't it? A one-episode special that oh, they did is that for what HBO. It is? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, do you have HBO right now? Uh, Yeah, through Amazon Prime, which, uh, guess what? Uh-oh. About to lose it next year. No more HBO on Amazon. Why? I don't know. I assume they just renegotiate this kind of thing every few years, and HBO is definitely is it, making a more of a web presence now than they it, ever have been. Is it cheaper with Amazon than HBO Max? I actually have no idea, because I use somebody else's Amazon. So, gotcha. I mean, I, and they have all the dope shit. What, they have PBS documentaries, so I can watch all the Ken Burns. <laughs> they have Investigation Discovery, so I can watch Your Worst Nightmare, which is actually the best of the murder shows. Did you, did I've you seen. not ask why they don't have PBS Master <laughs> Masterpiece Theater? Ugh. That's my mom's favorite. You know, I try to watch it. I try <laughs> to because I'm like, I should be cultured. I love everything mm. else on PBS, but it's just not for me. My my mother is literally obsessed with french television english uh, she's moved to french oh my god she's moved to the she's continent evolved to france i don't remember okay it's not eggcorn acorn tv that's I the think. british right uh no i think brit box brit box she's got like four of them she calls she's like can you cancel this can you put this one on can you put, cancel that one put this one on like it's just like a full-time job to get all managing my, her <laughs> getting all her streaming services in order it's i'm telling you man i i don't know if your mom you need can, a press secretary for that <laughs> Can I? Can, I need a secretary in general. Just be, can you forward messages from Joanne for me? But yeah, I don't. 
She never quits talking about the French in their like true crime drama shows. Mm. They must be really big mm. into that. I, I don't know. Well, Netflix has a few of them now since nobody made anything because of the pandemic. It seems like Netflix has been subtitling a lot of foreign stuff. And from what I've seen, all the stuff I scroll past, I'm like, ooh, this looks like it's shot well. It looks like a nice narrative. And then they start talking in the trailer, and it's <laughs> like, I don't want that. I want you, American. You, I thought you didn't mind subtitles. Uh, for Japanese. Okay, only I'll watch Japanese. Japanese okay. Because I, they have no nuance in their language. If Did you watch the Unsolved Mysteries, the new batch that came out? Only the Hiroshima one. Okay, so you are not or, Hiroshima, no, Fukushima. Fukushima, yeah. So yeah, when that guy is like, then the wave hit me, and I was just like, I'm wondering where this is going to take me. <laughs> it's like, that's awful. That's the worst. I can't I, imagine being caught in a tsunami and just saying, I wonder where I'm going. The the Me and Phil were talking about this. I only like those so far about the paranormal shit. Yeah. That one was awesome, yeah. I thought. But the monk exorcism was kind of like, well, yeah. all right. I, is that Do they do that? I mean, I know they have like the... The sheets of paper. That seemed like they were trying to fill out the rest of the episode. Yeah, the cab drivers, though, with, like, the ghosts getting in, that's awesome. That's and they just drive them. Creepy. They pay for it out of their own pocket. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, when you have that many people die that quickly, something's got to be going on there. It's just fucking wild. Terrifying. It's it's crazy. I haven't, Did you like the true crime ones? No, I didn't. I mostly fell asleep and was looking at my phone during those. It is a good... I just don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It's I don't a, care. It's a good sleepy time show. Yeah. There's certain shows that are good for prepping you for a nap. If I want a true crime show, like I said, it's going to be uh, Your Worst Nightmare. Mm. It's an investigation discovery show where it's shot pretty well. And it's bam, 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 back to back to back, back, back. They just keep throwing shit at you. Hmm. That's what I'm looking for in one of those shows. ID is pretty good. That's what their whole channel is surrounding. So. Yeah. It, well, from what I've discovered, watching nothing but ID all week pretty much, hmm. it's shows for women to not trust men. That's all of the, that's the Investigation Discovery I mean, Network. they're not wrong. No. They're <laughs> not wrong at no. all. They, from what I've seen, men cause a lot of problems. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not great. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about this week? I know it has something to do with Catholicism, mm -hmm. but joining me and serving the story is going to be Cody. Hello, Cody. Hello, Adam. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. How are you? Oh, not so awful. Uh, <laughs> everybody, if you want to be kings of the world, you can go to patreon.com slash bumblebuttpodcast. You can also go to bumblebuttpodcast.com, buy yourself a shirt, buy yourself yeah. a sticker, whatever you want. And you can also go to twitch.tv slash bumbleadam to watch Cody and I stream uh, pretty often. Hell yeah. I, I want to bring up one thing quick. Uh, so I'm changing the dynamic of our fifth error. Bowling for Satan members, we're going to be still doing a uh, monthly card, but this year I'm going to do a series of 12 trading cards. Whoa. Strictly for Bumblebutt Podcast. I started, I got the very first card. My goal is to have kind of like Pokemon cards. Yes. But for Bumblebutt cards, they'll be bigger, obviously. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping to do the whole year of a 12 uh, card series and you can collect them all and I mean 
You can't. I don't know if the game will actually work, but I thought you were gonna say you're gonna make more than twelve and then send them to different people, so that way people would have different ones and they would be forced to trade with each other or battle I with mean, each other. That's some Nintendo shit there. That's, but, uh, <laughs> that's some game freak pokey gamma. I don't think I keep track of them all. That's the problem. Yeah, I wanted to be like maybe we can make one foil one for ooh, each ones ooh. and then just surprise somebody with it, but I don't know how to get the foil on there. Ooh. Maybe just glue some aluminum foil on them. I'm kind of. That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> we'll have to look into I'll have it. To, I'll have to consult my guy in Pokemon. Well, you heard him. Go to the fifteen dollar a month tier called Born oh, yeah. for Satan, and you'll be able to start your uh, Pokemon Bumblebutt collection. <laughs> Starring characters from the show, obviously. Yeah, I, I figured. I didn't think he'd just be freewheeling. No. Like, this one's Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Let's get right into the Catholicism. So this this little saga we're going to be going on is actually kind of a unique story or unique thing because I actually started it over a year ago, got halfway through, thought the book was a bunch of jungle nonsense mm. in the second half. But I was determined to finish it finally because it's just such a, I don't know how to, a fucking weird and wild story. So we're going to be talking about it here today. So is the, did you go back to the same book that you didn't want? Yes, okay. yes, yes. I, I've, our, our technique, or my technique at least, has uh, kind of evolved over time. So I think I can handle it now and figure out how to make it into a competent episode. Yeah, once you get your workflow down, mm-hmm. how you how you uh, uh, figure out how to disseminate the information, yeah. Then it makes even the most obstructive <laughs> books uh, accessible. Yeah, I'm going to thank Harold Schechter for doing that. Because Harry Schechter. I love your book, but man, what a jumbled nightmare to turn into an episode. Mm. Today we are diving into the true story of the only Catholic priest who have ever faced the death penalty and then was executed by the United States. Wow. Although he would only be guilty of a single murder, as we will learn throughout the series, he was an extremely disturbed child with untold mental illnesses as an adult that for the time period, as we've heard so many times before, were just completely ignored. Yep. But also that not-so-surprising fact that the Catholic Church, instead of fixing the issue, just pushed the problem onto another parish, which is going to have dire consequences. Hell yeah. No, what do you mean? Uh, putting a new, just saying, hey, your new priest is here. Yeah. And what do you know? He's already raped a bunch of boys at his old yep. place, and now he's going to rape you. Yeah. Well, apparently they do this way back in the fucking early 1900s. Like, I think they've just... probably been doing it for time immortal <laughs> yeah. since they've existed, I think. <laughs> Luckily, as far as we know, there's no child molestation here. Oh, but, good. Just but, moita. Yeah. Uh, well, he has some very aberrant behavior, to say the least. Hmm. Now, this father's name was Hans Schmidt. Hans was born in the year 1881 in... Aschaffenburg. <laughs> Aschaffenburg, a small town located about 30 miles south of Frankfurt, Germany. Hans' father's name was Heinrich Schmidt. Sounds right. <laughs> and was uh, someone held in quite high repute in their little German village. 
Heinrich was a railroad official that garnered him a lot of respect in Aschaffenburg. There it is. Now, being a railroad official, Heinrich actually made a fairly good living oh, for yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. In 1881, are you fucking kidding He's me? He's bald railroads, and making it rain. Railroads, railroads, <laughs> railroads were cars. They were planes. They were every bit of transportation. So he he's he's got a maid. We're gonna see here. He's uh, maybe not the best father, mm, <laughs> but mm. it's like we'll get to it. But it's like 1800s discipline, early 1900s. Like I don't know. It's just a lot different than today. Oh yeah, they were harder then. They didn't treat kids like they didn't baby kids no, back then. No, absolutely not. Because of his income, Heinrich was able to have a very large garden and several farm animals that he would use to feed his huge family, which seemed to be just what you did in that time period. You're basically a homesteader no matter <laughs> yeah. what. Yeah. So Heinrich had a lot of children and a stoic German wife named Gertrude Miller Schmidt. Gertie Gertie is a fucking <laughs> hard name for a woman. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure Heinrich's like the most generic fucking German name. And then Hans, his son, <laughs> yeah. which you, I mean, come on. Hans, Gertrude, and Heinrich. Well, you might as well just, this is like a Russian spy family <laughs> that is pretending to be German. Now, Gertrude was what one might call a religious zealot (laughs) who was known for literally spending most of her day praying. Awful. Heinrich said this later, speaking in regards to Gertrude and his son Hans. She was very religious, too much so. She influenced him in that direction, I believe it. (laughs) But it doesn't seem like Gertrude started out that way. Now, as I mentioned prior, they had a very large family, which involved having 10 children over the span of 14 years. God damn. Well, I'm assuming they only had sex 10 times, too, that whole time. What do you think? Number 10 came out (laughs) before the first one was a freshman in high school. Yeah. Number 10 came out, well, number one was in middle school. I have a feeling for 10 kids in 14 years, there might be two to three dead ones in there. Ah, uh, yes, you yes, know yes, what? yes, yes. I'm yes, assuming, yes. I don't know, I'm guessing. Now, whether it was simply what you did in Germany in the late 1800s or because of their 10 children, Gertrude was a stay-at-home mother or stay-at-home wife. Being that Heinrich was a railroad official, he was almost never home, always away on business. On the which, railroad. Right. That which, thing's move, constantly moving. He. It sounded like he's like, I'm talking about less than a month at home, the whole year. Dang. Like, he's always there. Coming home for weekends and yeah, shit? Yeah, basically. Which left Gertrude in charge of watching, feeding, and taking care of all of those children all by herself. Mm. But it seems Gertrude didn't have a whole lot of interest in doing that, <laughs> or at the very least couldn't handle the pressure of taking care of 10 children. It eventually got to the point where Gertrude eventually began to feel so isolated and depressed with a nagging feeling that she had failed her husband and her children. So she would seek comfort from another source to soothe her personal troubles. And that was, of course, the Catholic Church, Uh, which started her transition into becoming a zealot. Let me ask you something, Cody. Mm -hmm. The... What is one of the very first questions that they give you on the Pfizer... Uh, mental health checklist when you go get your goddamn uh, Zoloft refilled. 
Uh, do you feel isolated? Do you and feel alone? like a failure to your friends and family? Oh, yes. That is yes. straight up depression. <laughs> that is straight up depression. And of course, it was 1881. There was no Zoloft, so she ran right to the local Catholic church. I mean, church. can you imagine yourself taking care of 10 kids? By yourself. Trying to like get them all to not die that day. Yep. Oh, God. Now, it became such a di- an addiction, she would attend Mass every single morning and every single night. They did They did two Masses a I, day? Apparently. 14 Masses a week? <laughs> yeah, apparently. It gets, I think there's more than that. Once we get into Hans, he goes a lot more. Golly. Often neglecting to feed her children or let alone even attempt to take care of them. And when she wasn't attending Mass, she would lock herself away in her room for hours reciting the rosary or reading from her prayer book. Fuck me. Holy Fuck shit. Fuck me. That is not good. <laughs> no. That I mean, you might as well be an alcoholic parent. It's well, the same. I guess you can get addicted to religion, right? You can get addicted to anything if it makes your brain feel good. Ooh. Because of Gertrude's disinterest in her kids, the children would often be forced to fend for themselves. Uh, As to be expected, the older children would often have to take care of the younger children. But as you can imagine, that isn't going to be the easiest thing to do when you're literally a child as well. Yes, like the show Shameless. Is that what they do? Emmy Rossum is (laughs) like just graduated high school, yeah, and she's taking care of all (laughs) of the rest of them because Frank is a drunk and the mom's crazy and out of there <laughs> i mean like maybe they base that show off the schmidt family here. i think that happens more often than a lot of people would like I, to yeah admit. i i i think you're right in the beginning gertrude would bring her children with her to mass but eventually gertrude decided that the children weren't understanding the importance of god like she wanted them to yeah. except for one of them hans schmidt who absolutely loved church. Hell yeah. <laughs> Little Hans loves the church. Can you think of a more generic, like he's a more generic fucking German sounding person? My God. Hans Schmidt. <laughs> yeah. It's like Saturday Night Live wouldn't even use that because it's too hacky. That's too like obviously a fake German. Hans name. and Franz. Yeah. Well, there you what go. If he had, I don't know. I only know, I think, one or two of his siblings' names, but I'm sure they had a Franz in there. Probably a Fritz. Fritz. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we're going to be talking about a Fritz here soon. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Now, out of the ten children, Hans was the sixth born. Often his father couldn't even remember his name, so Hans <laughs> would often be referred to as just the sixth. <laughs> you got it. Your dad loves you when he calls all his kids by the Hell fucking yeah. which order they're born in. I mean, my parents have to go through the whole <laughs> Rolodex of all four of us most of the time. John, Adam, Chad, Chase, that's the one I'm looking for. Uh, w- You'd be the third, right? I would be three, yes. You'd be three. There you go. The third. Now, because Hans loved church so much, naturally to Gertrude, uh, he was her favorite and put him on a much higher pedestal than the rest of the children. Fucking middle child ascending the throne. <sighs> well, That's because she was, uh, this is that silent seduction thing. I can already tell. She was had. She was having an unwitting, unreciprocated romantic relationship with Hans because of how much he was interested in the church. It probably really fucked him up. One. Non-sexual. Non-sexual, but mentally, she was putting through the same pace as she would put somebody she was dating through but he's unwitting and a child so this is kind of it, this it, is how this works it's funny you bring that up because we get kind of creepy between hans 
his mom and the siblings. That's yeah. how it works. That's how this <laughs> shit. That's how you get a fucked up kid. I. He's very fucked up. Mm-hmm. When Hans was seven years old, he noticed a mark on the left side of his chest, just under his nipple. It was pink <laughs> in color and extended from under the nipple horizontally onto his ribs. Now, this is clearly just a birthmark, but to his mother, it was a sign from God Naturally. that this child was special. Of course. She came to the conclusion because the birthmark was clearly stigmata from the spear mark. No Jesus way. suffered when the Roman soldier stabbed him after he had been crucified. It was pretty untoward of him <laughs> to do that. And then he gave him a sponge with vinegar on it. That's oh, fucked up. Oh, he did? Up. Yeah, he like reached up a stick that had a sponge and he was like, mm. here, have some water. And then, that's vinegar. I I thought the piercing was to kill him faster. It was. What's the vinegar for? Well, he was, like, thirsty. <laughs> He's obviously thirsty up there. He didn't have any water? You had to give him vinegar? It was as punishment, as torture, mm. as, like, you think you're about to have some delicious water to soothe your parched throat and just vinegar. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, that's not so nice. But, no. Uh, <laughs> Now, as mentioned, because Hans loved church, he would accompany his mother to church every single morning and most nights. Often, you would witness Gertrude and Hans holding hands every morning, walking down the street and headed to their beloved church. Now, as you can imagine, because of how religious his mother was and the fact that she determined he was special in the eyes of God, Hans started to dive headfirst into zealotry himself. If it makes mama happy, you're going to do it. Hans would begin to memorize lengthy passages from the Bible and would often recite them strictly from memory to his siblings, which, as you can imagine, coming Ugh. from their fa- the favorite child and probably them not having much interest in religion themselves was pretty fucking annoying. Brutal. That ha- would be brutal. Yeah. I'd be like, Hans, get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, just because she remembers your name now doesn't mean we want to hear your stupid Bible poems. We got one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten. They don't like you very much. <laughs> they hate you. You may be number one to mama, but you're number ten to them. By the by, the time Hans was nine, he would erect an altar within his bedroom complete with a candelabra tabernacle and pictures of the stations of the cross hanging all over his walls what a psycho <laughs> to chase through this by chance <laughs> he had a japanese wall scroll but that's oh, about it <laughs> can you imagine uh, how many stations is there 12 i think oh, i thought there was three was it three? I well, listen to me. I have no fucking uh, idea. I just remember in the catholic church they had them like all on the walls i think there were six on each side like okay. they you could, you, if you turn them quick enough, you could have a nice little comic. Here's what I thought Stations being... of the Cross was. De- de- tacticals, testicles, spectacles, wallet, and watch. I thought that <laughs> was when you when you crossed yourself. I thought that was the Stations. I, I think in the Catholic Church, this is literally pictures of him uh, getting the rose thorn, picking up the cross, carrying the cross, being crucified, and then him hanging there. Gotcha. So, if you, like I said, if you is like a little flip book, you could watch him be crucified in 12 seconds. Here. Gotcha. That's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The story of Jesus in one second. Hans' religious fervor got to the point where his mother 
hand-tailored him his own set of cassocks, which included her making him his own white collar to complete his Catholic priest LARPing outfit. (laughs) (laughs) He could go take confession, LARPing confession from his little boys in school. At night, young Hans would sit up practicing reciting mass in Latin, which was tradition at the time, with Gertrude obviously pushing him very hard to become a priest. His mother would start to correct him on his prayers and help him learn the proper Catholic priest stances. Which is hands on the hips Mm. with a little boy in front of you. He, dude, he has a problem with, like, doing the right hand gestures and stuff. Like, the other priests later in life are just like, dude, you gotta fix that shit. Really? Yeah. He struggles with that. I didn't know it was that intricate, but apparently it is. You gotta do all the correct sorcery mm-hmm. or else the devil comes home. We'll, we'll find out, but apparently they don't like you using your fingers too much. Like the president. I mean, when you're pointing at people, you gotta use your thumb. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I thought that was so, so you're not, like, directly blaming anybody. And, well, it's And pointing is aggressive. Mm. Pointing looks aggressive. Uncle Sam points when he wants you to join the <laughs> army. The president just uh, <laughs> thumbs at people. <laughs> Soon, with Hans memorizing prayers, learning how to perform mass, and his full priest attire, it led to Hans literally giving his mother a personal mass within his room, which was complete with Hans offering the holy sacrament to his mother, and Gertrude went along with all of this simply because she truly believed that he was chosen by God. While the two would be locked in their room, Hans' siblings would be outside just making fun of them, yelling, Father Hans sends a crazy mother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty great. I kind of like his siblings, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, I'd I'd get along way more with them than Mama Gertrude and Hans. Can you imagine your mother and Chase locked in a room and he's performing mass for her? No. What kind of a hellscape are we living in right no, now? That's it, that's proper nuts. That's <laughs> proper insane. I think he'd call somebody to help him. The police. Now, you're probably wondering, what did Heineck think of the behavior between uh, his wife Gertrude and his son Hans in regards to the religious practices? Well, Heinrich was actually a Protestant, and seemingly when he married Gertrude, he demanded that she became a Protestant as well. He had no idea that she had been attending Catholic Mass, let alone having her own son perform Mass for her. He had. Oh, yeah, because he's on the railroad. Mm. I was like, what are you talking about? She goes twice a fucking day. He's never home. That's right. Never home. Fantastic. And... What I've learned is Protestants and Catholics do not like each other at all. No. You ever heard of a place called Ireland? They get into some fights. (laughs) Is that what you want to call it? They get into some fights? (laughs) I think it's a little bit more than just getting into some fights. Getting into fights is what they do at the bar. Yes. Yeah, they get into little scraps. (laughs) I've been learning a lot about Brexit and the, like, Northern Ireland and Ireland, and they want to put a border up there. Ooh, okay, that's pretty uh, serious. That's oh, that's out of control. Yeah, it's, it's fucking wild. Now, because Heinrich was gone so much, they would simply just wait until he was gone from the home and start having mass in Hans' bedroom or pray or whatever else they wanted to do. Most of the time, Hans would isolate himself in his room. His only friends were his mother and one of his sisters. 
he could never truly create any sort of meaningful bond between any of his siblings at all. Now, around the age of nine, Hans started to develop an interesting affliction that is very, very clearly the start of some sort of mental illness. At random times, he would claim that he wasn't getting enough oxygen. Mm. He would loosen his collar, unbutton his shirt, and breathe very hard. He would look up to the heavens and proclaim, What has God done with the air? <laughs> Hans would have to climb up into high elevation areas such as trees or the roof because he claimed he could breathe better up there. Oh, is he having panic attacks or what? No, I, I swear I've heard this from like, I I think he might be schizophrenic. I'm not, we'll get there, but mm. uh, I swear in other cases we've covered, this is kind of like some weird phenomena they experience where they feel like they can't breathe. Weird. Yeah, it's very strange. And even when he's in prison, this is a big problem he has. He claims like the oxygen's not right around him. Not a lot of trees to climb in prison. <laughs> no. Now, according to Heinrich, he would catch him climbing up a tree or on the roof, freaking out, claiming he couldn't breathe, and he would demand that he get down from there. When Hans did finally come down, Heinrich would instantly start beating the shit out of Hans. By the age of 10, Hans said he started to be overtaken by a certain sexual urge that went against his extreme religious beliefs and would be something he would mentally struggle with. Something that eventually led to a relationship between Hans and a neighborhood boy named Fritz Hugo. Oh, there it is. Fritzy. <laughs> and Hugo, the first name of Hugo Stiglitz. <laughs> Throughout the summer months, Hans and Fritz would partially undress, play with each other, and made attempts to penetrate each other's rectums. Yeah. Now, because of Hans' gay curiosity and his extreme Catholic beliefs... It caused him to live with extreme guilt and shame over what he had done with Hugo or Fritz Hugo. Right. Believing he was nothing more than a sinful boy who needed atonement. He claimed when he reached around 12 years old and was f- was able to finally have his first communion, he was determined to bury these gay thoughts deep, deep down inside and focus strictly on his religion. Perhaps this was simply just a test from God. Isn't this how it always goes? Mm -hmm. They shove it down, shove Mm -hmm. it down, shove it down, and then it ends up eating them and several innocents around them. Mm. No, he only kills one person. Uh, Listen, one is too many. But How many lives did he ruin because of his... uh, A lot. Yeah. I think it's kind of this perfect storm of, like, Catholic beliefs, he's gay, and I think he has, like... I think he's schizophrenic once we get deeper into him here. Uh, I think it's just like this perfect storm of shit going on. So I suppose they couldn't really test back then or do anything about it. No, yeah. no. We'll talk about uh, the mental illness running through his family, but mm. he, I don't think, what, what would this been, like 1895 at this point? They didn't know what the fuck no. to do. No, You know? No. The more sins he committed, even though they were simply mental, the more Hans felt that he needed to attend church more. It got to the point where he would put his mother's two masses a day to shame. <laughs> Hans didn't care who he went with. He would just walk with his neighbors if he had to. It didn't matter as long as they were going to church. Damn. Now, it seems like Hans 
did not start school until the age of 12 for some reason because that was apparently his first year of school. And this is when the voices started. His sister would recall, Three weeks after his first communion, he visited me and I asked him, How did you like the day of your communion? Hans replied, This was the nicest day of my life. On the day before my communion, I heard in the church the voice of God. Du willst mein Priester werden. You shall become a priest. And shortly after that, I went again to the church and I heard the same voice. Yeah, this, the voice is in the head very clearly. And like people thinking God's talking to him. You know, it's funny. I've been watching Mr. Robot. Hmm. And there is somebody that, and that's the whole thing. He's obviously schizophrenic. He's, he hears voices. He sees his dead dad. All I thought that he was a robot. That's what I thought too originally, but that's not the case at all. Uh, it's called Mr. Robot because his dad, Christian Slater, owns an electronic repair shop called Mr. Robot. But that was a long time ago and he's okay. dead now. So there is a crazy character <laughs> that makes friends with him. He goes, you know, Elliot. That's just because you hear voices. That's divinity. That's not mental illness. It's and I think a lot of people do fucking I, think that. Honestly, I I do too. I, you know, like can you imagine? He tells his mother that he's hearing the voice of God in his head. Terrible. And she already thinks he's the chosen one. Terrible. This is a a bad thing going on here. Perfect storm. Yeah. Alongside his deep interest in Catholicism, the breathing spells, his homosexual urges, and he's now hearing voices in his head, Hans soon discovered something else he was exceedingly fond of. Blood. Come on, Hans. (laughs) Hans would later recall a story of one evening when his mother was butchering chickens in the kitchen, which included Gertrude taking the knife and chopping the heads off of said chickens. Hans would just sit there transfixed by not only the act of killing the chicken, but also watching the blood ooze out of the wound. Hans soon discovered that he got a weird sort of sexual excitement out of watching it. It makes my little Wilhelm stand up. (laughs) I mean, I think he was like nine when he started that sexual relationship with the neighbor boy. And now he's getting randy with seeing blood. I was going to say, you can definitely get a boner at nine. I, I well, it, I hate talking about it, but it sounded like, because they're kids, they didn't really know what to do. Yeah, when I, I was guess. nine, I thought you, you peed. I thought the <laughs> sex was you peed. You just peed in a girl's like, vagina. Got, for some reason, you butt. got inside a girl, and then you peed in You her. peed in yeah. there. That's how you get, you got to be careful with that pee. It's very potent. You, need you get girls a, pregnant everywhere. You need a condom to catch all that pee. <laughs> how do you think, uh, uh, what's his name? May, or not Mayweather. Who's the, the guy who fought Tyson and beat him? Holyfield, why ah. do you think he has 11 kids? He's peeing all over ah. everybody. Ah. <laughs> Eventually, Hans would start to take the severed chicken heads and play with them in his room or hide them for later use. Sounds like a cat, actually. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> he, Sabrina. He might be an actual cat. I don't know. <laughs> later in court testimony, a Dr. Jalif uh, repeated this story straight from Hans's mouth. On one occasion, he had taken the head of a rooster and put it, while still bleeding, on the end of his penis and had walked around strutting about with this decapitated head of this rooster on his penis until his father (laughs) caught him and beat him. Okay, look, I don't know if this is a common thing for kids to do to put a chicken head over your penis. All I can think of now is how funny that would look. 
a chicken head over your penis, like your like your yeah, like your puppet. Yeah, like your penis is a mascot for a fried chicken restaurant. Do you or think something. he can open the beak up and down when Ooh, it's on there? Maybe That'd by be by doing the kegels, you know, where you like <laughs> make your weenie. Uh, what's that comedian who uses the puppets? Dunham. Yeah, I wish he would put little puppets over his penis head and make them talk like that. It'd be impressive. I want to kill that guy. I, I fucking I, hate him. I remember when I was reading this for the first time in the book, like, my mouth was on the ground. I'm like, who the fuck? <laughs> who the fuck is like, I'm so hot by a severed chicken head. Let's put it over my penis. <laughs> and strut around. Yeah, acting like I'm a chicken. I'm oh, a chicken God. cock. Chicken cock. <laughs> is this where the chicken head saying comes from? Oh, you little chicken head. <laughs> I think so. Nohan's excitement involving blood wasn't limited strictly to animals. One time, Hans had a deep gash on his leg that was bleeding profusely, and his sister took him into the bedroom to dress the wound. While she was treating his injury, Hans was gazing upon the blood pouring out of the wound and found himself becoming very sexually aroused. His own wound. His own wound. According to Hans, from this point on, he would always associate blood with sexual arousal. Now, the following event that transpired in the summer of 1891, his family would finally realize, maybe there's something just slightly different about old Hans, boy. (laughs) Now, Gertrude had recently purchased three geese from the market. Her plan was to breed the geese for food and harvest their feathers to sell because they fetched a good price because they were used in the construction of pillows and handmade quilts. Absolutely. I wonder if your grandma's ever made a goose feather quilt. You know, I think she has, actually. Really? Yeah. That's pretty rad, actually. Heinrich and two of the children would then construct pens for the geese to live in. Now, even though these geese were eventually to be butchered, Gertrude seemed to love these geese. Mm. Every single morning, she would head outside to feed them and collect some of their feathers. Mm. One morning in August of 1891, she went to feed her beloved geese like she had done so many other mornings and soon came to realize that two of them were missing. Initially, she assumed that they must have just escaped. But after a while, it became clear that they had actually been stolen. She started by questioning all of her children, and every single one denied having any involvement. Now, it just so happened that on that day, Heinrich happened to be home. Heinrich was making repairs to a fence on the farm when he noticed Hans coming out of the woods, and he called over to him. This startled Hans and caused him to drop what he was carrying. Then Hans made a beeline for the house. When Heinrich went over to investigate what Hans had dropped, he was a bit shocked to say the least. <laughs> it was a freshly severed goose head that still had the blood dripping out of the wound. You gotta wait for the blood <sighs> to dry before you put goose heads on your penis, son. <laughs> Well, he was just carrying the goose head in preparation to do something with it. I think maybe the he he likes the warm blood. Like maybe he doesn't like cold blood. He likes it fresh and warm. Oh, so he wouldn't like gazpacho blood. He just isn't that a <laughs> cold soup gazpacho? Yeah, yeah. He's like a mongoose, I guess. Ugh. Now Heinrich then followed the blood trail that led him to a nearby creek, which is about twenty yards away. There he found the two dead bodies of the geese and naturally returned home to question Hans. Heinrich then showed Gertrude what Hans had done, and to his surprise, Gertrude 
didn't seem bothered strictly because it was Hans who had done oh, it. Oh, God. In fact, she told Heinrich, Hans must have had a re- reason to murder these geese, plus they were going to be eaten anyway. Oh, so God gave him the idea to mm-hmm. murder the geese. Mm-hmm. When Gertrude, I- you are a certifiable en- enabler. Uh, idiot. Enabler. Enabler, you're right. And, oh, that's another thing about that uh, Your Worst Nightmare show. Mm-hmm. The entire thing, the fucking perpetrators' families are always just the biggest enablers. Yeah. Like, oh, we can fix them. We can yeah. fix them. And then they kill their girlfriend and their whole family and shit. I I feel like I've met somebody personally who's that who's that that's happened to where they were like literally like you need to get away from this guy because he's a psychopath and the girl was constantly like. No, no, you know, that's just a facade. I can uh, fix them. Like, you gotta, if you're in that mental state, men or women, where you're like a fixer of people or whatever, you gotta be careful because sometimes that shit happens. You can be taken advantage of. Absolutely. Real easy. Absolutely. I don't want to victim blame, but no. some of them do think that they can fix these fucking yeah. psychos. When Heinrich went to question Hans, he noticed that he had changed his clothes for some reason. When Heinrich went to find out why he did that is when he found the clothes that Hans were wearing, he noticed that there was blood soaked all around the pockets and crotch area. God damn it, you were playing with your pecker (laughs) and using the blood as lube. When he reached into the pocket, he pulled out the head of the second goose. Heinrich then asked why he was mutilating farm (laughs) animals and Hans told him, Ich blut. I like to see blood. <laughs> it's pretty metal, honestly. Hell yeah. And from this point on, nobody in the Schmidt family outside of his mother looked at Hans the same way ever again. No. No. No, you can't. How could you? I mean. Really, how could you? Picture Shayna walking around with fucking goose heads in her pocket. <laughs> I don't and, and, and when questioned by Rick, she says, I like it to blood. It's not good. I mean, Josh would be the closest comparison here, but even he <sighs> wouldn't put animals' heads on his penis. I don't think. I don't think so either. I don't think. Maybe he would. I don't think he would, but... Takes a special kind of weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Now, you'd assume for this time period, as we talked about, they didn't completely understand that Hans had some sort of mental illness, but their family had a long line of mental illness running through it. Could you say that it was... Hereditary? (laughs) I guess technically you could. Hans' great-grandfather died of alcoholism and insanity. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love love that combo there. (laughs) His uncle Conrad hung himself in 1901. Mm -hmm. His aunt Margaret would commit suicide by throwing herself into a river. His cousin Otto would shoot himself, and his other cousin would need to be committed to a mental institution simply because of all of the other family tragedies. Now, those are just on his father's side. On his mother's side, his uncle Lorenz would hang himself, Uh and a short time after that, his daughter would hang herself as well. Uh So, as you can see, this is kind of like Albert Fish, even. A lot of mental illness running through the family, so they didn't really know how to handle Hans. Seems like they all wanted to be uh, Christmas tree ornaments or something. (laughs) I guess. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. (laughs) I mean, it's hard to say. Was it suicide because they didn't have the help like they have today, or was it suicide because living... It seems like living in this time period was a very 
dire outlook on life. A little bit of A, a little bit of B, maybe? Yeah, it's just like, what did you have to live for? Yep, and I think nihilism really would make sense back then, because you just... Hopefully your animals make it. Hopefully your crops come in. Mm. There's nothing else to do. How how was Germany like 10 years prior, or I guess it'd be 15 years prior to like World War One? Really not that bad. Not bad. Okay. Really not that so bad. So maybe, maybe it wasn't that bad for them. I don't really know. They were on the up, I would say, before World War One, which is why they tried pushing their limits. Mm. They tried becoming a new kingdom, a new superpower. And then obviously after that, it's kind of like straight yes, down. Yes, And then they tried again 20 years later and mm-hmm. then straight back down. Mm-hmm. Now they're great. Now they're fine. Now they created a vaccine. <laughs> they have all the gold too, so. <laughs> now, after that incident, Han's behavior will continue to go down a darker path. Now, while most kids would be found running through the fields playing together or flying a kite or even riding a bicycle... Hans preferred to travel down to the local slaughterhouse and just sit there for hours watching the animals being slaughtered. (sighs) Seeing the animals having their throats uh, slit sexually excited him. Additionally, throughout the neighborhood, they would find several chickens that were being mysteriously killed. Rabbits' limbs would be found scattered (laughs) all around. Squirrels' corpses would be discovered completely mutilated. While Hans will never directly admit to this, it pre seems pretty obvious who is doing it. And boy, he is pushing the serial killer thing. <laughs> like he got all of his serial killing done on the animals. Luckily, yeah, because apparently he only killed one person. Apparently, <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll talk about on part two speculation of another. But all right, uh, I think I just don't think he was very smart to get away with more. <laughs> to be honest, he was just you. devoted. Yeah. <laughs> now eventually the. Butchers actually did take notice of Hans sitting there and watching them, and decided to tell Heinrich what their son or what his son was up to. Hey, your boy's just sitting here <laughs> jerking off our entire shift. I mean, oh god, I couldn't even imagine seeing that. No, Heinrich did what he always did and just beat the shit out of Hans as his form of discipline. But even that was not going to deter Hans. A short time after Hans had discovered his new hobby, he decided to invite Hugo Fritz to join him, and often they would partake in mutual masturbation while watching the animals getting slaughtered. Holy shit. (laughs) After this, Hans and Fritz would continue their sexual relationship for several years. Just mutually masturbating at the slaughterhouse. You, You ever thought about you and your bros going down to the slaughterhouse, jerking off, and... And just watch animals being slaughtered. Nope. Slaughterhouses stink. They stink real bad. (laughs) Maybe all of Germany stunk at this time, to be Mm, honest mm. with you. Here's the thing. It's just like, should I I feel like we should find out what the hell Fritz Hugo's been up to all these years. He has to have killed people, too. No question. (laughs) I don't know. No question. I'll check Murderpedia tonight when I get home. (laughs) Now, while what I'm about to tell you at certain points in the book, kind of contradicts itself. Sounds like a Schechter book to me. Yeah. Well, this isn't Schechter, but uh, they claim that Hans and his older brother Carl actually started to engage in an incestuous relationship as well. But we don't know what age they did it, and we don't know when it happened. But Hans claims him and Carl were getting it on so, within the house. Okay, so this is... In, yeah. This is from one claim. This is Hans only said it. No other yeah. corroboration no, at all. No. His brother, his siblings, there's like one sibling who talks to him, 
while he's in jail, but none of the others want anything to do with him. I find that suspect then. Yeah. I find that suspect. But he's so weird, and it's such a large family, and we know what happens in the South here. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what happens at a Scheffenberg. <laughs> now, as no surprise, it makes sense that Hans was a bit of a mommy's boy. So much so, most nights, he would sleep in the exact same bedroom, maybe the bed with his mother, at least unless Heinrich was home. Now, when Heinrich was home, obviously, he wasn't going to allow Hans to stay in the bedroom with them. Hell no. But it appears that Heinrich doesn't completely know what's going on between the two of them, as mentioned. Yeah, he's riding around on the railroad. He doesn't know about the private mass. Or that they're sleeping in his bedroom. Ugh. Now, a really interesting thing was on the nights that Hans was not allowed to sleep in the same bedroom or bed with his mom, he would listen in. And when he would hear his mother moaning in his mind... He went to believing that his father had was actually either cutting or torturing his mother, <laughs> which is weird because of, in my mind, all the other sexual things he's been doing. I don't know how he came to that correlation, although he does have a thing between violence and sex. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Why would he instantly assume that his dad's torturing his mom? I would assume all his gay relationships... There would be moaning or something. I don't yeah. know. Unless it's just like wishful thinking on his silent, part. Silent German sex. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point, actually. What if he's, like like you said, sexually attracted to his mother, possibly. And he loves violence, and, and the, he loves watching his mom violence. Uh, and that's where he got the blood love maybe from, he was is watching his mom. outside of the... Oh. I'd say. Uh, especially because, yeah, he got his love from blood from watching his mom cut off chicken sets. Uh. That's where he got his love of blood. And he loves his mom because she's his favorite. <laughs> this makes me very uncomfortable. It's brutal. Can you imagine? Like, kids don't want to hear their parents having sex. Like, no. this guy is outside the door maybe jerking off. I Hell don't no. know. This gay kid is outside the door jerking off to his dad possibly torturing and killing his mom. Yeah. I don't know. We'll We'll find out. He kind of goes both ways. He might actually be bisexual. I don't know. All right. In 1895, when Hans was 14, the family would actually move to, I think it's Mons, Germany, roughly 30 miles from where they had lived previously. Now, Gertrude finally decided that Hans needed some additional guidance, so they enrolled him in a school that was taught mostly in Latin, which would help him take the next step in joining the Catholic seminary. Definitely. Definitely. I'm glad you don't have to learn that, because that seems like a complicated language. They did it on purpose. They did it on purpose. <laughs> oh, just to, like, stonewall people? Yeah, uh, to confuse, well, to confuse the public. Mm. They would teach and only print Bibles in Latin because the general population couldn't understand them, so they couldn't contradict the church. Now they just want everybody as long as you fill up that basket. That's money. right. They even want my dad back, who they kicked <laughs> oh, did out. they? Yeah. They They've excommunicated him for not... Times uh, are tough on the Catholic Church, For I not guess. converting my mother from Lutheran. <laughs> oh, my God. So they kicked his ass out. Oh, my God. Apparently, Hans really took to his studies and would rarely be found not studying from at least some type of book. Additionally, Hans picked up playing the violin around this time nice. and found out he was actually quite good at it. He would study the works of several great German composers, but it seems his erratic behavior would still poke its head out because on several occasions, they would find Hans sitting naked in an ice-cold bathtub playing his violin. Awesome. Mind you, Hans seemed completely unfazed by how cold the water actually was. I feel like I've heard this before 
as well with certain mental illnesses like the temperature just does not affect them sure maybe they're overheating from how like crazy they are who oh the the edward ginrich right he's the one who like would when he was in his episodes he would overheat yep yeah right. i'm wondering that's if a that's a, a common thing i i don't know someone with the who knows someone with this reach out to us even with all of his erratic behavior hans was still able to graduate from school most of the teachers in school actually believed Hans was a genius for the simple fact that he was so ambitious about his studies. Additionally, Hans was known for being a very pious young man and never once drank or smoked. Wow. And apparently he did that through his entire life, by the in way. In Germany. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I, did they give kids smokes at 14 in Germany? Definitely beer. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, you could have beer with every meal as a kid. That's those more Belgians. Nah, that's the Krauts, baby. That's the Krauts. Russians is vodka. After Hans finally finished his schooling, at the age of 19, he would enroll at St. Augustine's Seminary in Maine. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, we're here, buddy. You could only imagine how elated his beloved mother was that her favorite son was finally going to fulfill his destiny and become a priest. Now, shockingly, not long after Hans entered the seminary, he was facing an eternal internal conflict about whether or not he should actually become a man of the cloth. Probably because he's gay. Yeah. Or I, bisexual, I should say. Well, well, we'll, we'll find. I think he's more, if we had a tier of his sexual preferences, I would say it's blood, gay, <laughs> and then women. His mother. There. Yeah, his mother, then women there. I'd say that's like the line of attractions. Blood, right there. men, mommy, <laughs> other women. Yeah. yeah. A father, Peter Kraus, whom was his teacher, told this story later. He came to my sitting room and asked me to give him advice as to whether he should become a priest. <laughs> he listened to me the very earnest manner and made a very good impression on me. Then he went away. It appeared to me that he was strikingly absent-minded, very earnest, and acted extravagantly. I later went to his room, and there he lay in his bed <laughs> with a cushion under his head. And when I asked him what he was thinking, he said, Fasa... I am deciding whether I shall become a monk or an atheist. Ooh, this is the polar opposites, buddy. You ain't kidding. <laughs> you gotta. It can either be a monk or it can be a proud gay atheist who may be <sighs> happier and less likely to kill. Maybe you know, with all the, like the vampire people nowadays who just like cut 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 themselves a little bit and drink blood, maybe he would have been okay. That's so gross. Get with a freaky guy or gal. God, that's so gross. Uh, some people love it. I don't. I don't like that iron taste of blood myself, but... Uh, Especially other people's blood. Pro- blood is a biohazard. <laughs> you are not opposed to be sucking on other people's blood. It's taboo. That's why they like it. But it's not healthy. <laughs> well, I'm sure drinking piss isn't either. But I also do don't that. like that. Well, don't <laughs> act like I'm taking that side of the coin here. <laughs> or shitting in each other's balls is not healthy. <laughs> well, that I do like, so yeah. <laughs> But an event soon solidified the decision for Hans, and that was when he was near a statue within the seminary, and once again the voice of God spoke to him. This time God spoke to him in Latin, Hans said. I sought, I heard this voice from God. I then took up my studies (laughs) with more vigor. I feel like the Germans are the only people who use vigor. It's true. It's true. They love that word. They love vigor. Now, for the next two years, Hans continued his studies at St. Augustine's Seminary. Hans just kept his nose in the books, 
focused completely on his studies, and didn't really attempt to make many friends, and even found a creative way of making money. Uh Uh-oh. And that would be to head to the local saloon, decked out in his cassock and collar, and play his violin all throughout the night, but made sure he was always on time to attend his morning classes. That's brilliant. Because regular bar flies, it, they're going to they see that? a violin playing priest, <laughs> and they're going to throw money at it, for sure. What if, what if he showed up at Celts? Would you be all about it? Oh, yeah. Anybody. Anybody better than, like, the weird karaoke guy that just shows up every once in a while. Now, this is when Han started to develop an, his obsession with wealth. But at this time, at least, it wasn't as bad as it sounds. While Hans didn't spend money on, on himself... He did occasionally donate money to the poor and needy. Sounds good. His, Sounds Christian. He has a very weird dynamic with helping out the poor, but also kind of being a piece of shit himself, sure. which is weird. Now, while it sounds like, for the most part, Hans is succeeding at the seminary, but there was at least a few problems Hans was having. As no surprise, the seminary was a very strict school and had a lot of rules you had to follow. I imagine, because it's a preschool. (laughs) Which was a huge trigger for Hans. He was extremely resistant to any sort of authority and was constantly disregarding the rules of the school. Hans later said, The professors had no right to intimate that I was wrong. They all teased me and they all called me the crazy doctor. (laughs) This happened whenever I argued matters of dogma or doctrine. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. He he really likes to argue about, like, I guess, religious beliefs. He just likes to be the devil's advocate kind of guy. Isn't that what you should be doing? You would think so, but... Not to be, like, the... uh, uh, defense attorney shippers from last week but that was his job was to question the law i think priests should definitely be questioning religious doctrine and making sure that it's especially young ones hell yeah like they're just coming in you know they i mean i guess they ain't got nothing to do but try to become a catholic priest but you might as well question it while you're there and i guess all the other priests just want them to drink the flavor aid it is the 1900s i mean you're kind of gonna just i they don't expect to be questioned i'd imagine no Now, while at school, Han's internal sexual conflict was constantly haunting him as well. Hans was, I would assume, pretty clearly a homosexual man, but because of his extreme Catholic beliefs that did not believe in gay relationships, at least until the current pope, Mm -hmm. it caused him a great amount of strife. Hans said, I was frequently fighting my sexuality all the time I was at the seminary. At one time, I would think that it was sinful. And then I would say that God must allow it since he had given me the feelings he had meant for me to enjoy them. I thought God would pardon me. Each one of us in this world was different, and what God intended him to live up to is the sole criterion. I know that my relations cannot be understood by others. I often confessed what I had done and made acts of contrition. (sighs) So I guess this is his way of dealing with it is just being, well... You know, God must have implanted these feelings in me, so I guess I can forgive myself. If only it was the 21st century. Mm -hmm. This is why I find religious, you know, gay people kind of strange, because it seems like it, to me, it seems like the churches don't like them, some of them. 
So it kind of contradicts itself. I don't know. How do you feel? I feel the same way about yeah. black people, actually. And about churches? African Americans, yeah. In churches? Absolutely. It's, Even the Baptist ones? It's all about class divide. It's mm. all about living in squalor so you can be recorded in heaven. Or, 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 what is it called? <laughs> you can ascend to heaven? So, no, I don't so know. you can be... You'll be like paid back in full in heaven. Like you'll live the good. If you live terribly on earth, you can live the lavish life in heaven. I don't think it works that way. No, but, but that's what the rich people. <laughs> it's all about rich people controlling poor and black people. That's what religion is. Yeah, I suppose you're right. By 1904, Hans was continuing to tend to his studies and playing the violin at night. Now, as mentioned, Hans started to become obsessed with his wealth, but he would give some of it away to the poor and needy. But he started to do something really peculiar. Now, after he gave away all of his money that he would make that night, and to who we don't know exactly, but the important part is, when he returned to the school, he would complain to everybody that he didn't have money to buy food or other goods because he gave it all away, mm. Hans said. Sometimes I felt very uncertain about myself during that period. There were very dark moments of despair for which I could not count myself in other times when I felt like an agent of God Almighty. <sighs> what? I, I feel like I know this person. Were you, you like, get all this money, then you tell everybody you don't have any. Mm. Sounds like my grandma. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm broker than a joke. It's yeah. like, that is not true. <laughs> is, you are all liar. <laughs> I feel like Hans just really likes to complain. That's kind of what I feel like with that him. could be. For some reason around this time, Hans started to tell people that he was actually a doctor. Hans crafted himself his own doctor's huh. diploma, complete with the official seal. Without official Photoshop. Seal. Yeah. He's a counterfeiter, by the way. Uh, now, the name on the counterfeit diploma read Dr. Johannes Schmidt. <laughs> I love that. It seems Hans started to get into the counterfeiting game because in 1905, Hans was arrested in Munich and was being charged with forging graduation certificates for failing students. Fuck yes. <laughs> Even in 1905, people knew that a college diploma is a fucking piece of shit waste of money. I'm surprised they arrested him, to be honest. That's yeah, amazing. I, didn't Brinkley get busted for doing this, Oh, too? yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Now, for most of the people who knew Hans, they could barely believe such a generous and caring man like Hans could would ever do such a thing. It's a victimless crime, for <laughs> God's sakes. Forgery's a victimless crime. Yeah, but if you're trying to be a priest, you're supposed to be on your best behavior. True, but that's the laws of man, not the laws of God. <laughs> but the German authorities felt a little differently. They wanted him to go to jail. Yeah. Now, his father, Heinrich, would actually hire a lawyer for Hans. His lawyer's game plan was... To be able to convince the court the reason for Hans's behavior stemmed from the long history of mental illness within the Schmitz family yeah. itself makes sense. Yeah. Now, as we have heard all throughout this story, Hans is very clearly a very unstable man, but yes. for the most most part during his time in the seminary, kept his mental illnesses under control, but the possibility of facing prison time seemed to amplify his erratic behavior. A good example of this was several people would witness Hans riding his bicycle down the street wearing nothing but his underwear. Yeah, yeah it's just like that mental snap when you're under all that strain. I mean, that that happens to everybody. Definitely. If you stress out badly, it just fucking brings it all to the forefront. And some people, uh, 
their erratic behavior is amplified by gambling, drinking, mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. But this is, I mean, this is definitely a special case. Underwear, I, underwear bike rides. But <laughs> I kind of want to see that, honestly. Just yeah. Nate, an underwear priest singing, riding down the street. Amazing. Maybe he was happy. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I think he was fucking deranged. <laughs> When he was allowed to perform a mass, Hans would spout nothing but un- incoherent jargon, literally talking about sub- subjects that have zero to do with the Catholic faith. God. Most people just assumed he was insane, and around <laughs> town, he became known as the a crazy doctor. This is where he gets his nickname <laughs> from. Now, smartly, his lawyer was able to use the use Hans' erratic behavior to successfully convince the German courts to accept an insanity plea. If everyone was allowed, it would be underwear yeah, bikeman. Yeah, I think he deserves it. <laughs> the courts determine Hans will have to go to the cold water sanitarium in Jordanbad. Perfect. He loves cold water. <laughs> Can he have his violin? Because he loves cold water. He might. I love that name, Jordanbad. Jordan bad. I kind of wish he was here to hear that. Jordan. Poor Jordan. I'm looking at his seat, his dust-covered seat right now. <laughs> I wish we had like a, a sad song to play while mm-hmm. you're staring at it. <laughs> now, the cold water sanitarium was where people went to rest and relax. Their medical treatments included, you guessed it, baths of cold water that they believed helped you both physically and mentally. Now, Hans would only be here for about a month before being discharged uh, additionally, he only took one cold bath during that entire span. So he oh, probably what a waste. Did, yeah, he probably didn't get much help. Oh, what a waste. <laughs> Remember in Ratchet, like the first episode where they put him in the boiling water and then the cold water? Did you watch Ratchet? Uh, I have not. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Not yet. It took me a minute. I'm like, is that an old movie or is that that uh, Sarah Ryan Paulson Murphy. movie? Yeah, it's the new Ryan Murphy or TV show. Series, yeah, series. Yeah, I need to watch. Everybody's obsessed with it. After his discharge, the Catholic Church forced him to do penance at a monastery. Within a short time period of being at this monastery, the monks quickly learned they did not like Hans too much. (laughs) He would constantly fight and bicker about every single task that they asked him to perform. After a few weeks, he was sent back to Mainz. God damn. I know (laughs) people like that, too. This is his story. He annoys everybody. They send him away. He annoys everybody. They send him away this over is the, and over and over. This is the Dan Johnson at Walzer story <laughs> oh, as well. Well, they tried to lock him away from everybody. They tried they to. Tried and it. then they sent him away to be a parts <laughs> runner for Nissan. And then that guy said, no, you're taking him back. And then they fired him because he was wasted. He got fired and rehired, what, two or three times, mm-hmm, I think? Mm-hmm. After this, the seminary took him back and allowed him to return to complete his studies. Weirdly enough... Hans did not have any other incidents and made it all the way up to graduation successfully. Goddamn. On December 24th. Christmas Eve. uh, Oh, yeah, I guess the day. Well, I wonder if they they... do the graduation on Christmas Eve so that way you can be born on Christmas like Christ. I I was just going to say, don't the old religious books say that Jesus wasn't actually born on Christmas? Like, they changed the date for I some mean, reason? I mean, he wasn't. They changed it to line up with the winter solstice from pagan rituals. Okay. I mean, I knew it was what's, something the easiest, like that. what's the easiest way to make a population accept a new god? Just replace, t- keep, the, keep the holiday <laughs> schedule exactly the same, but replace it with the other gods with one god. Right. That is brilliant, actually. I love that. And the winter solstice provides 
uh, it's like a spring is on the way. The days are going to start getting longer, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Very important harvest festival for sure. Uh, I feel like December 24th is like the start of a nightmare in Minnesota. Oh, that's when things are going to get bad. Yeah, you're like, okay, in the next week or so, we're going to be cold as fuck. All the way to March, probably. Mm. Anyway, on December 24th, 1906, Hans Schmidt was officially ordained into the Catholic priesthood. Ha ha, <laughs> Funny thing is, they actually would ordain him in the middle of the night out of the sight of any of his classmates. <laughs> Hans said, The bishop did me alone. I do not like to speak of it. The real ordination took place the night before. St. Elizabeth, she ordained me herself. I was praying at my bedside when she appeared to me and said, I ordain you to the priesthood. <laughs> then she disappeared. There was light during her appearance. I told no one. I thought it best to keep it to myself. They would make fun of me. They always made fun of me for these things. They always expect others to do as they do. God speaks to different people in different <laughs> ways. So not only did the bishop... Not want anybody to know they're actually graduating uh, him. He believes that, a, I think it's a patron saint. St. Elizabeth, yeah, yeah. came down and did it for Hell her, yeah. ordained him, too. So. And very fucking, <laughs> very matter-of-factly, I ordain you to the priesthood. <laughs> She's got other shit to do. She ain't got time for his bitch ass. She's got other crazy priests to secretly midnight ordain. His first assignment sent him to a parish in the village of Burgle. Or burgle or something, I don't know. You ever been burgled? <laughs> no. That's where you're taking a shit, where you're like too far away from the door, and you forget to lock it. Someone and comes then in. somebody pops it open and then says, burgle, and then they leave it open and they le- and they run away. Uh, the only people who do that is my cats. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Kitties, they do love watching us humans poop and then running away, don't they? <laughs> they do. But it only took seven months in this location before Hans annoyed everybody within the parish. Yeah. He didn't really seem to give a damn about any of the members, and oftentimes he wouldn't even show up to perform mass. Uh, so in July of 1907, he was transferred to... Ceiling start. Yeah, there you go. Then abruptly was transferred to a small chapel in... Gonsenheim. Hans said... At both places, they found fault with me about the way I <laughs> preached. I like to talk about what, sh- what what I want. They were f- mostly uneducated farmers. They didn't understand me. Uh, you can't say that get about a- the people trying to get money, too. Get a podcast, Hans, <laughs> if you want to talk about what you want to. <laughs> now, it was while at Gazenheim. Gazenheim. That Hans' sexual desires started to poke their head out again. Now, even though on the surface it appears that Hans was predominantly a homosexual man at Gazenheim, he was having several sexual relationships with women. But Hans always claimed that sex with uh, these women made him feel unsatisfied and often just made him more depressed. Okay. This is why. So I- he is gay. Yeah, this is kind of where it's like, is he just doing it? Yes, it to be normal, normal yeah. or whatever. To try and get know. back into normalcy as he sees it. Even though if you're homosexual, you're very normal. Yeah, absolutely. very normal. Absolutely, I think this is the perfect tale of if you just let people <laughs> be gay, straight, whatever. You don't have these problems. This nope. is insane. Nope. 
Most of the time, he would leave the church at night dressed in civilian clothing and search for the company of local sex workers. On occasion, Hans would spend most of the night hanging out in the local brothels. When the sun started to come up, he would then quickly run back to the (laughs) parish, switch his clothes, and perform his morning services. Wow. I think any pastor probably did this during the time period, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Now, there were certain certainly rumors spreading around the town about a local priest who was spending time at the local brothel, but Hans would never be caught in the act. Slippery little devil. <laughs> it's those civilian clothes. You can't tell. No doubt. <laughs> and people's eyes were shit back then. <laughs> I'm assuming they were all wasted as well. <laughs> I mean, I would. that's what I assume. Yeah. But as time progressed, Hans started to perform his obscure, nonsensical masses, this time adding in a bit of fire and brimstone to his teachings. Mm. Soon the locals grew tired of his rantings. Han was then caught stealing donations given to the church. That's a no-go. Which you would assume they would crucify him within the Catholic Church, but because Hans was stealing the the donation money and then giving it to the more needy, the church didn't punish you him. You can't cut you, the just because they're hookers doesn't mean they're more needy. <laughs> just because you're giving it to the local brothel workers. No, well, I'm sure he was giving it yeah, to charity. I, I think there's a lot of starving people. It sounded like it Makes seemed sense. like the starving people really got him, which is great, I guess. Now, outside of just the locals not liking Hans, the other priests started to complain about Hans. One said, The greatest mistake he made was in the use of his fingers. (laughs) According to the rubrics of saying mass, the priest after the host has been consecrated must use only the thumb and index finger of each hand so he can shoot, right? Yeah, <laughs> shoot the shoot the blood of the body of Christ. Must use only the thumb and index finger of each hand, and no other parts of the hand must touch the host until the host is consumed at communion. <laughs> that is a very strict law in the celebration of Mass. But Father Schmidt did not always use his fingers in that way. He used the second finger and the thumb. Or another priest said... He would leave out part of the Mass, part of the prayers, and other parts of the Mass... After the communion, when we must purify the chalice, he would simply consume more time than the ordinary priest in this way, that instead of going at the word steadily, he would raise and look around up at the ceiling, up at the crucifix. I just don't think he wants to be there. He was a real tallywhacker, wasn't he? He was a real time waster. The finger thing, I'm just like, I don't remember any of this from Catholic school. Just pinch. You just pinch. You can't pinch with the second finger, just pinch. What does it matter? Are you picking up the... Body of Christ. I've, n- I've never taken communion. I have no idea. It tastes like shit, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> now, another thing outside of the little nuances of Mass that the other priests didn't like about Hans was Hans' fascination with sympathizing with, lo- I'm assuming, local murderers. Sure. Now, whether this was the final nail in Hans' coffin or not, they would catch Hans constantly stealing food from the kitchen within the church now, why, th- why this is peculiar is because priests are actually allowed to take whatever food they want. Yeah, it's kind of like their food, I imagine. <laughs> but for some reason, he'd like to act sneaky about it. He does this at the other churches, too. I don't know what the fuck this is. He thinks it's James Bond or <laughs> something. They said it'd be like the middle of the night, and they'd catch him taking food, and then he'd like scurry off like a little rat. <laughs> just like, what the fuck is going on here? It's your food, Father. Have some. Either way, by 1909, Hans found himself once again being removed from the parish 
but this time the bishop couldn't find a single parish in Germany that wanted to take him. So they decided the only thing left to do was to send Hans to the United States Whoa! of America. He's going stateside? Hell yeah. So he boarded the steamship Grouser Kerf. <laughs> Kerfaust first. Grosser Kerfaust. <laughs> Whatever. That would depart from the docks in Frankfurt and head to New York City. Oh, my and God. And that's where we're picking up on part two next week. Wonderful. He's making a stateside uh, journey. Yeah. It's just, oh, God. What do you even do at this point? I mean, I'm assuming they didn't want to give up on him for being a Catholic priest, but it's like, he's trouble, obviously. Yes, and they just, like you said at the beginning, they're just trying to get him out of their hair. (laughs) And that's ridiculous. Maybe the Germans didn't like the Americans, so they're just like, go over there. Sure. Deal with them. We can't handle this shit. (laughs) Exactly. God damn. Well, he gets out before the war, so that's pretty true, good. True, yeah. true. He's uh, he what is the same patterns are going to follow once he gets to America. They're going to keep <sighs> trying to get rid of him. And I have a feeling since New York is a much bigger place, it's mm. going to be uh, a little harder than in Asherfurt, Germany. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We'll find out. Uh, I'll speculate on one murder of his, and then we'll get into the the big one that's very disgusting. Well, absolutely fantastic. I'm I'm addicted to Father <laughs> Hans Schmidt. I can't wait to figure out how it ends. He's wild, man, isn't he? Uh, <sighs> you see why I was saying this guy I think could have turned into Albert Fish if he wasn't a sure. priest. Absolutely. <laughs> like holy shit. The church was his support system as weird as that is <laughs> yeah. where Fish didn't have one. <laughs> right. Uh, that's great. If you thought it was great, you can leave us a note on bumblebuttpodcast.com. Hell yeah. You can go there, fill out the form. We will read it. We have one that we'll get to in just a second. I'll read it. But there's other important things that I need you all to do, and that's follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at bumblebuttpodcast on Instagram, at bumblebuttpod on Twitter. Also, you can be a real... Uh, just, uh, join the Spotify revolution, go over there and hit the Mm -hmm. follow button. That's what we need. You'll be able to download all the episodes right away if you do that. And also another great thing you could do if you wanted to is go leave us an iTunes, Apple iTunes review. Hell yeah. I think we, we got new ones, just not written ones, unfortunately. That's what I, I saw at least a couple new five stars, Mm -hmm. but none of them written. It seems like Apple... It's kind of in that weird, I'm deciding to be buggy this week. Because I've seen the numbers fluctuate, so I don't know if they're having problems right now. I don't really know. And I'm wondering if they release them in batches or something, like the reviews. I don't. I don't. Everyone just listens to fucking Spotify. And I think we're up. I thought the last time I checked, it was at least like 60%. It's 63%, I yeah. think. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty good. So, we'll read this one, which is in lieu of an iTunes review. How's that sound? This is from our good friend Joe, who just emailed us. He said, I've just recently found you guys, and I believe it was because of Small Town Murder or Time Suck. Can't remember. Love you guys. Not only do you guys give great info, but you keep it entertaining. I will say I was happy that you did a podcast about animals on trial, and my (laughs) town was not mentioned for an elephant that was hung. Everyone says it was the town of Irwin that hung the elephant, but it was actually the circus that was in a neighboring county who did, but couldn't because they didn't have anything that was strong enough. So they contacted the railroad in my town, and they allowed them to use their crane and logging chain, but they had to operate it. Anyways, great podcast. Hell yeah. I don't have Apple, but here is a five-star review by email, and I'll appreciate it. 
I've I I'm pretty sure I've heard that story before. The hanging of the elephant. Yeah, I I thought they couldn't like get it to actually suffocate, or did they hang it? Yeah, they did. I, they... I've seen I've seen that picture of of poor little elephant hanging from the crane. Okay, they got it from Joe's town. But nobody from Joe's it's town the was involved. Fucking carnies again. It's the you fucking them. carnies. Think about that next time you go to Wrigley Brothers or whatever the hell that one is. Ringling. Ringling Brothers. The Wrigley Brothers. <laughs> next time you go to Wrigley Field. It's because I watched that uh, documentary about Steve Bartman. Oh. I got them <laughs> bastards in my head. Mm. Steve, if you're out mm. there, we want to talk to you. And just, I hope you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah. uh, I really well, hope the death fu- threats have settled down. He he got a 2017 World Series ring. I think he's okay. He got They give him a ring? That's amazing. So yeah. he's he's allowed back in the stadium again? I remember he had a yeah. ban for a while. It was him, him got allowed back in. And by the way, blaming him is complete horse shit. Yeah, that's a that's bull. Uh, him, he got a ring, and then the, the thing that happened to that Red Sox guy in the 80s, Everybody hated him, and he got a ring when they won their first World Series as well. Wonderful. Yeah. That's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is fantastic. I can't wait to hear Father Hans Schmidt Part 2. Oh, and yeah. our first of our second batch of Patreon Between the Bumbles will be out this Wednesday. Hell yeah. So you can be excited for an extra long Between the Bumbles mm. with all of our good friends and Patreons. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to do it for all of us here at the Bumblebutt Podcast. My name has been Adam. That has been Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. All right, everybody. Uh, You know what to do. Keep it easy. Keep it relaxed. (laughs) Keep it sleazy. Wish Cody a happy first day back to work. Mm -hmm. He's going to a new job, not Mm -hmm. the hellscape of our old one. No, it's promising. I'm I'm feeling good about it so far. Very exciting. Mm. Very exciting. And uh, very exciting for you as well, audience. So have a great weekend. Unless it's Tuesday.